Welcome to the Jerry T Podcast. I am joined by Dave Shields and uh, one of my cats, Nora, who is currently licking like right above my collarbone. And now she's like bunting the mic a little bit. Apparently Dave can't hear her, but I don't know. I hope uh, that I hope that at some point she gets picked up on the cast. I hear nothing. Is like getting licked by cats a common thing for you? Uh, Nora is very, very generous and also very tidy she wants everyone to be clean that is her job she's the mama Got and <laughs> uh much to my other two cats disappointments she will often go up and just be like all right it's bath time assholes you know and then yep. they'll they'll take it for like five seconds and then uh inevitably start fighting or whatever but nora will just come up and like like right now, my shirt is down a little bit and like that's where her head is. So she's like, ooh, skin, you're probably dirty. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I shower today, Nora. That's fine. Yeah. Not you're the not worst wrong. problem to have. But if if she's like closer to my face, she will just like lick whatever stubble I have. Okay. And then uh, she'll she'll just do that every day. Yeah, that would probably catch me pretty off guard initially, but. Oh, we just we just cuddle, man. You know, yeah. like she'll, she'll just be here for a couple hours, get pissed, run off. Uh, and then eventually come back a little bit later. And then Ren, Ren will do the, the stubble cleaning thing occasionally, um, but not not very often. So anyway. Oh, wait, wait, that, wait. Hold on. I just I had an, one of your cats is named Ren. I Oh, yeah. I, I was not going to tell you that. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. So that's one on our short list of baby names that we're still narrowing down. Yeah, it's R-E-N. Um, it is, it is based on a male character, uh, from like, uh, an American anime, basically. I don't know. It's, it's a cartoon, not, okay. not an actual anime. But. Okay. Well, you can choose to, you know, divulge that information next week, this weekend or not. It's up to you. Um, but the names that we have been brainstorming are now written out on the refrigerator and we are like force ranking. You're just like, Leo, pick one. So he picks them. He asks all the time, what do those say? And a lot of this is to just like see them written out, right? It's yeah. not necessarily just like a power ranking. But um, yeah, we're getting there. No, that's cool. I like that. You see, you know, you, if you look at a thing for like five days in a row, you're like, nah, actually, I just I hate looking at this. You know? Yeah, it's got to look right. normal. And, and and part of this is like you might have a first name you like and a middle name you like, but they might not go together. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they got to have the right flow. Also true. Anyway, oh. uh, I, I played some magic last weekend. I also I've been playing so much, so much magic. I'm so sleepy, but I can't, I can't stop. I keep getting roped into stuff. I was going to take a little break last weekend. I decided. And then, uh, Joe was just like, yo, just come up for, you know, a couple RCQs. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, and I learned from being in Pittsburgh and I, I check the weather every time I, I make it a point to, cause I like being warm, you know, but I don't, I don't want to be like sweating. I don't want to have like a winter hoodie on. It's like 70 because that's ridiculous. Yeah. And this is challenging, especially if you frequent convention centers that have air conditioning that is like through the roof. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like some of some of those convention centers like just blast the AC. Right. So I just end up being cold inside, even when it's like really hot outside, which, yep. you know, makes sense for us to why they're blasting the AC or whatever. But anyway, Pittsburgh for like the first time in my life. I, I think I was like underdressed. I had I had layers. I had like t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, uh fairly warm but like light jacket and and a beanie. But like it was definitely a light jacket and a light beanie. And I was like, you know what? 
uh, if if I go up to DC this weekend, play some magic, I'm not going to make that same mistake. So in addition to that, I had a fatter beanie and a fatter jacket that I could just put on whenever I wanted to. And I wore them both a lot. Nice. I love this time of year. I shouldn't say that because the winter depresses me, man. I hate the darkness and the cold, but like, I love a good hoodie. Right. Yeah. So we're at this point now where it's cold enough that like a good hoodie can be appreciated, but it's not freezing yet. Yep. So I, I bring this up because, uh, you are, you're recording from your basement and apparently it's cold in your basement, which I I feel kind of bad because it's like, you know, after 8 p.m. when we're recording this, it's like nighttime. I can't imagine that makes it any easier. I just got to make sure you don't freeze, you know? Yeah. Listen, I'm down here by choice, okay? I got a nice little setup going. This is like still my little mini project. I'm working on stuff. It's coming together quite well. Um, so I'm down here because it's where I want to be. But I'm not going to lie. It is a little cold. Cement floors, unfinished. Yeah, it can get okay. a little chilly. Yeah, uh, but, but you're layered up, I heard. Nothing a good hoodie can't fix. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, went up to D.C. Both, uh, there are RCQs on Saturday and Sunday. I, I feel like at some point I thought that there was like a Sunday one slaughter that was modern. And I don't know where I got that information, but that information ended up being incorrect. So that was off the table. But what we had available to us was a two-slaughter modern on Saturday and a two-slaughter sealed on Sunday. Of the two, I was way more excited for sealed. Yeah. And uh, asked Josh what he wanted to play, what he thought would be fun after uh, scamming it up in Pittsburgh. And he was like, hammer. So. Love it. Uh, I have, I have a decent amount of hammer cards, but not all of them. And I had a, f- a friend who will remain nameless, but he will know who he is, who offered to loan me cards and every single card I asked him for, he didn't have. Got it. And do you think he has a lot of cards and this was just like a coincidence or was this like an empty commitment? I don't I, no. I, it was, it was definitely not empty. Yeah, that's fair. And I do think he has a lot of cards, but I think it was like, I don't have hammer. I don't have scales. I don't have bullshit time spiral commons. <laughs> Those are all reasonable things to not have. So, I, you know, how can I, how can I really take issue with that when I too do not have a lot of those cards, right? So, yeah. uh, ended up being short a few things, uh, Friday night. Josh is calling around to these local stores because they don't have TCG stores. They don't have like their own online thing. It's just like, you, you got to go in and see what magic cards they have for sale. Right. Gotta talk to people. It's brutal. Yeah. So he's like calling these stories. They're like, hey, do you have uh, Pure Steel Paladin, Ink Moth Nexus, and uh, Call to the Netherworld? And I was on the train for two hours up to DC. I was in, in the tank, man. I went so deep, and it is both the best and worst feature of any time I travel. And I called it another world. Uh, Not a hammer card. The aforementioned bullshit time spiral common is. I'm just gonna pull it up because I don't remember if it's like actually like a sorcery or whatever. And again, this is hard because I only have one hand because of cat. And I've uh, googled this card I think three times in the last four days from random messages you've sent me. 
because I, for whatever reason, can't remember what it is every time, despite the consistent repetitive you bring it up. All right, B, sorcery. Return target black creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Madness, zero. Incredible card. Incredible Raise card. Dead. Raise dead madness. And I've had this on, on kind of like the back burner for a while. We're like, this has definitely shown up in a few of my deck lists, but just like in small numbers. Uh, and now I think we finally have a reason to like play for, and I think it is good. Uh, I have some amount of them somewhere, I swear to God, but I could not find them. Uh, or I did not think of it before I left and I did not find them like going through like my box of playable stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're maybe around here somewhere. I don't know. I've been kind of, kind of looking for them today, but yeah, there's four high- in your house. There's, it's a 50, 50 chance whether or not you'll ever find them. Either way. I've, I've four on the way now. Got it. And so, you got it. Are you going to fill in the blanks now for us on where this yes. fits and what we're doing or? Yes. So I got a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay. So where where to begin? Uh scam scam is good, right? Scam does well. Uh back in the day before uh some of our listeners were m- maybe even born, I don't know, but uh certainly maybe like still in diapers or whatever, there was this deck called Fires. Do you remember this deck? So, yes. And I was not playing at the time. I started playing immediately after this. Yeah. Well, you didn't miss much. So this is this is a deck that played four birds of paradise four land war elves and tried to curve one three four five and when it did that you killed uh on on your turn four with a perfect draw if you were undisrupted your opponent had no blockers whatever you goldfished on turn four and this was the the quote-unquote like best deck of the format but Back then, we didn't we didn't have enough tournaments to like track win rates or whatever, you know. Like Magic Online did not even exist yet at this point. It came a little bit later, and this was just a deck that was like the best deck. Therefore, people played it, and since thirty to forty percent of every tournament had fires in it, inevitably some of them would make top eight. But it was just one of those things that kind of just like massively fell off towards the end of it where people would keep playing it and they were just like sick of losing with it. So honestly, it doesn't sound that unfamiliar from our current magic online predicament of everybody just keeps doing the same thing and then come to find out they were doing it wrong the whole time. Yeah. So I, I don't think that scam is bad necessarily, but I definitely think that people are adapting to it. And I think that there are decks that have, a naturally stronger matchup against it that people are choosing to play instead of things that they would previously play. So like over time, things are just getting like worse and worse for scam. And after playing with the deck and seeing some of the inherent flaws within it, I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we could just try and do something else. Uh, I mean, my, my first order of business was to try and fix those things, but I kind of, I kind of failed to do so, you know, I couldn't figure it out. So, Basically, my main issue is that even if you do your thing on turn one or if you have a good start, you just kind of like run out of gas. You just like stop spending your mana. You stop doing stuff. And your power spikes all come in the early turns and not really on the later turns, right? So everything kind of leads to 
you flipping a fable and like hoping that carries you the rest of the way. But there are a lot of times where it just doesn't. So a lot of things that had me looking in other places and Josh basically felt the same way. So he was just like, oh, just give me the hammer deck. I, I go bonk people, right? And we had this new set come out that has this card, Inti Seneschal of the Sun. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this one because I think we were talking about for standard maybe or not. I don't know, but. Is uh, this the two drop? Yeah, this is one R two two. It's like legendary something or other. It is a human. I do know that because I was like, oh, like maybe we can do human stuff or whatever. But uh, it has two two triggers. One is whenever you attack, you may discard a card. If you do, target creature gets plus one plus one and trample until end of turn. And then the other trigger is whenever you discard a card, exile the top card of your deck you, until the end of your turn or until your next end step, you may play that card. Yeah. So, uh, seeing this, it's like, oh, well, that's like, that's potentially pretty powerful if you have something like a wild mongrel noose constrictor or constrictor, like some sort of like pretty free like discard outlet, right? But I didn't think much of it past that because I couldn't really come up with anything good. And then I started seeing a few deck lists come out and then I started trying to work on my own. And then I was searching for like every unearth card, uh, every madness card, uh, every flashback card, every like retrace, just, you know, every, any sort of mechanic that would work with this thing. And the madness one is where I found call. I was already trying to do souls of the lost stuff. And I built like five different deck lists, I think six different deck lists. How many with Asmo? Is that the angle we're going? Uh, a lot. Definitely oh, not all. I would assume that's the natural home or shelf or something like this, right? Yeah, Similar because... Similar colors, a lot of synergy, a lot of overlap. Yeah, the Underworld Cookbook is maybe the, the best discard outlet in the format, right? It's just, it's super cheap. It is repeatable. It's not like the Wild Mongrel thing where you can just like pitch your hand whenever you want or whatever, but... The fun thing with Asmodex is they just inevitably end up with a bunch of cookbooks in play no matter what. Yeah. And it's a I feel like the Asmodex, there's that that shell has supported a lot of different decks that have always felt close to me, but never really been quite good enough. Agreed. So right. Um and for whatever it's worth too, feels, you know, on the surface at least relatively scam proof. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, is that I, I think that Asmo as a card is just pretty good right now. Because a lot of the decks that are good against Scam happen to be these sort of weirdo creature decks. And, like, they, they kind of have their, their own issues where uh, a, a lot of the versions of this type of deck are maybe, like, not the best against Sanctifier and Vec type of stuff. Like, things that people would normally be doing against Scam or, like, Scam's Leyline of the Voids sometimes, depending on what you're trying to do with your deck and everything. But... I think Asmo as a card is pretty nice. It is a red card, which is the same color as Inti. Uh, it is also a black card for Call to the Netherworld. And uh, you sort of want to play Street Wraith to enable your Asmos anyway. And Street Wraith is awesome with Inti because it's a divination under Inti effectively. And then Call plus Street Wraith is just like kind of your engine. There's a lot going on here, but... 
so did you get a chance to play games before the weekend or were we was this a on the trip there brew it was on the trip there brew and then it was add these to the list of things that we want and then i i did some gold fishing with a fairly modest uh just like death shadows souls of the lost uh deck that had like a couple inties but wasn't like maxing on them or whatever and i wasn't playing uh, call or anything super weird but my my plan with that was just like I'm pretty sure if you just do kind of like the Jun Death Shadow thing where like you have 12 really big creatures I'm pretty sure Scam just can't really beat that yeah that would line up with me and I think like the Jun Saga deck um, has a relatively good Scam matchup and that deck's been po- popping up every once in a while probably for that reason right yeah, and I, I think stuff like that is fine, but playing with the new cards was appealing and intriguing, so I kind of wanted to do that. But uh, gold fishing the deck, it did not feel very great. I kind of had to go back to the drawing board, and by that point, it was like 10 p.m., and uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to go to bed soon. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get cards or whatever, so I just built Scam. Uh, Josh and I played a few games against each other, uh, just... I don't know, for funsies to warm up a little bit. And yeah. uh we just we went to the RCQ. I was playing scam, he was playing hammer. Uh and then he got the last we found we found a store that had pure steel paladins, and then he got ink moss from Jarvis. So nice. And then you ended up on scam naturally. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the cards, uh Cho had my solitudes, so I was kind of off the Omnaf stuff regardless, but, yep. uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think beans is bad. Uh, cascade or no, like however you want to do it. I think it is still like a viable thing, but I do think it is a thing that gets rewarding. Uh, the more info you have on the metagame. And I just had obviously like no read, you know, I, I'm not from the Nova area. I don't play in Nova and like Josh doesn't even really play in Nova despite living there. So, yeah. And I'll say like, my adventures with four color which has not been a ton but on and off over the last handful of weeks is that like i just keep losing to scam and like that's just like i'm not gonna say always but more than i expected to and more than i'm comfortable with so haven't been beating up on it as much and again small sample sizes so it could just be some variance or whatever but it left me wondering maybe that matchup's not quite as good as i thought yeah i i feel like my scam matchup and then like stuff like the burn matchup are just like pretty easy for me. And I find that a lot of people say differently. And I I feel like I would like to see the, the replays, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit for a second, but in Frank Karsten's fancy little metagame grid snapshot time, I think he's got scam being 50. Where's four color on here? 44. Oh, that's against scales. Where Scam being 57% against four color. Well, yeah, but all, all of that just plays out like what I was saying earlier where like people are, are saying that like these things are like bad matchups or whatever and then they are not bad matchups when I am playing them. 
Yeah, and that's fair. I'm not for a second saying it's bad. It's just not like I, the biggest motivation I had in playing the four color deck originally was that I would get to beat up on Scam, and he's got it like not even as a positive matchup. Right? Omnath so. against Burn on this list is sixty percent, by the way. Yeah, and like, listen, I'm not buying this just at face saying. value or whatever. I'm more just saying like maybe it's not as good as I thought. Right? I, I still way would way rather sit on the four color side of things. Yeah. Right. I mean. But. I, I will say that when I was I was playing scam, I lost the four color pretty handily, but uh, you know, yeah. small sample size. Yeah, but interesting, I, and that's just kind of how scam goes too, right? When you beat up on it, it feels good, and you know, it can beat anything. If you just di- play your discard spells at the right time, Jerry, they can't. Doesn't matter what they have. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we can we can talk about this this Frank thing if you want. Yeah. I don't so, know. You're going to have to explain it because, I mean, I read it and I kind of get it, but yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, so he, he looks at a lot of different uh, data from different events over, uh, you know, some, some week of time. Uh, looks like the, the last 30 days. And he posts, like, the matchup chart and then, uh, what was say? Models modern as this, and I think that is just the matchup chart. Okay. Basically, he gets to a point where he says that, like, given those matchup percentages, like, certain decks should be played more, and certain decks should be played less. And then once you get all of those decks to like where they should be optimally, then scam has like a a 0% uh, like amount of EV in that hypothetical format. Yeah. Meaning you're just rock, paper, scissors. You're, you're dead even. Yeah. So it's, it basically says that, Scam is definitely not as good as you think it is because there are decks that exist in modern and have been thriving in modern that are quite good against it and like good enough against it to just make it basically irrelevant. Yeah. And then I think like this hypothetical is like assuming everybody is selecting their deck with the goal of winning the tournament every time and things continue to play out, you'll eventually get to a point where, like, you can't really make a good argument to play Scam. Yeah, exactly. So uh, his his model came to this conclusion where uh, Hammer's at, like, 21%. I think this is, like, basically equity or whatever. Uh, like yeah, this would be like, I think this is representation in the format after it gets to the final state. Okay. And like 15% coffers, 15% living in, 14% rhinos, 11% yogmoth, 10% zoo. Yeah, zoo is one that jumps out at me quite a bit. 10% omnath, 3% amulet, 1.5% scales. And uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit now and talk about how I even found out about this tweet was at the sealed RCQ on Sunday, uh, chatting with, with Tommy Ashton as I got paired against him and he beat the crap out of me. Uh, 
he brought this up and mentioned that he had kind of like, I don't know, maybe not like taking this to heart, but was just like, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to try it out. So like coffers was pretty high. He's like, I haven't played coffers. I should play with coffers. And he played in the modern showcase thing and went like a two with coffers. And he was like, Oh, this deck is actually really good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear that. Cause I've been, I've, wa- I've wanted the coffers deck to be good for a while. Okay. Well, I'm, let me, I'm grinning. I'm grinning right now. If you can't tell. I can hear it in your voice. Let me tell you about my Saturday RCQ. Uh, round one, I play against Merktide. Uh, pretty happy about that, uh, especially after I finish my round and I'm walking around and I see Cho playing round one against Coffers. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, that's, that's usually my experience, you know? Yeah. But like, that hasn't been the case IRL. It has just been a moto thing, right? Uh, so Joe playing against coffers, uh, I, I think he lost and I'm like, you know, doing a little Twitter thread, whatever, like, haha, round one coffers, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I'm effectively knocked out of the tournament at two and two. I think like of a four and two is going to sneak in, which I think ended up being Abe Stein. Uh, but I'm two and two. I get paired up can help the old breakers i'm excited uh against a two one and one person playing cabal coffers <laughs> i get two owed pretty quickly by cabal coffers and this two slot rcq is uh taken down both slots by cabal coffers wow <laughs> i think there were three in the room and they got both the slots they got both the slots they yeah. beat you i assume they beat joe uh, so in, in top eight, Abe, I believe lost two coffers and then Jarvis lost two coffers. They were both on scam. So coffers, people beat like, you know, Cho, me, Abe, Jarvis, uh, you know, maybe some of the best people in the tournament, like on route to getting their, their yeah, like invite. The, just those people alone being in the tournament makes it like probably a way above average RCQ to begin with. And then having to go through all of them and they, they just slice through us. Yeah. Like we was butter. Yeah. It was simple. Uh, my opponent had some cool stuff. Had Sunken Citadel, I believe is the name. You're going to have to read that one. This is a new land from Ixalan that ETBs tapped, you choose a color, and then you can tap it to add two mana, but you can only use that mana uh, to activate abilities of lands. Okay. Yep. I'm familiar. So it's basically, it taps for two to activate your coffers. Okay. So Sunken Citadel, Land Cave, ETB taps. As it enters, choose a color. Tap, add one mana of the chosen color. Tap, add two mana of the chosen color. Spend this mana only to activate abilities of land sources. Not only the coffers, but the deck has a lot of Field of Ruins. Yeah. So you get to do that on the cheap, which looked really good. Less so the coffers thing, more so the Field of Ruin thing. However, I will note that like Citadel Urborg Coffers now ramps you to four mana. Yep. Tracks. Interesting. So you get to like ring and card on four now, whereas uh, on turn three now, which you previously were not able to do with the deck. And uh, my... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my it's a big game. Yeah, my initial thought was like, oh, you know, you, you 
Are you playing like one to just try it out or whatever? Because like I, I saw it in play at some point earlier in the day. And then like as the games are going on, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is just like a four of, you know? Uh, and then someone else basically like made that comment to the person. He's like, no, I'm, I'm playing three. I might play four, you know? Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, it looked it looked really good. Uh, I will say that like the games, I don't know, like they did not seem that tough until it got to a point where like my opponent would peel a March of Wretched Sorrow and gain twenty life, and then the games were way more tough. But uh, game one, my opponent had to do that twice, and then in game three, I went. I think I kept like Thoughtsy's grief grief on either six or five. And those were like the only spells I cast. So that one is pretty easy. But like game one was like actually a pretty legit game. Yeah. And like, you know, I feel like the the black deck is just like very consistent and resilient. And it's not like it's ceiling power level wise is like not going to keep up. Right. But yeah. It's going to get to do its thing pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't seem bad to me. Uh Talked to my opponent about his deck a little bit afterward and everything and like got some insights from him and he was one of the two people that got invites. So awesome. Shout out. Um, I don't know if I'm at the point where I'm like trying to buy Cabal Coffers or whatever, you know, but it's it's something to keep on the radar for sure. Yeah, they're in my shopping cart. 20 bucks each. Not cheap. Uh, It's cheaper than I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's expensive. And like the problem too is like, you're not done there. Right. Um, and not a lot of reusability there. Right. Owning things like Bowmasters and Shieldred, like those just go in a lot of decks. Right. Yeah. Like offers. Yeah. But my like <laughs> Herbord copies number three and four and, you know, Cabal coffers don't exactly get a lot of playability and other things. Yeah, I used to have four Herborgs all the time for like teachings, tendrils of corruption type of stuff. I, yeah. I, I have since, like, whenever I have acquired a, a third Urborg, I for sure sell it. And I played two Urborgs at times in something. I don't remember what. Yeah. Some, but. some like, green-black nonsense or whatever. But uh, I'm pretty sure I only own one now, so. Yeah, but it's basically Coffers and Urborg. The rest of the cards in this deck are things that are just like pr- make sense for me to own. Period. Right? Yeah. Rings, ring, cards, ring shieldreds, bowmasters. Listen, those aren't cheap cards by any stretch, but they have a lot of reusability. Yeah, they're not bad. So yeah. in in this RCQ, I lost uh, the scam mirror twice. I defeated Merktide and Living Ends, uh, and then lost to Coffers. And yeah, kind I don't know. Brutal. Losing yeah. the mirror twice. Yeah. Oh, no, I just, I got clowned. I don't think I won a game, honestly. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't win a game. One of them, one of them, I had like a pretty interesting decision and ended up on the bad side of it. And then in another one, I, I, de- I thought I was definitely losing. Then at some point I thought I was definitely winning. And then I thought I was definitely losing. And then I lost. I mean, those are the best kinds of games. For whatever yeah, it's that, worth, that game, so. that game was fun, especially because yeah. like I, I like hard I hard cast a grief, right? And I'm just like, oh, I'm dead. You know? <laughs> and then the game like keeps going on and I, I peel a couple times in a row to not be dead. And I'm like, oh, I'm in it, you know? But yeah. those games where you're just like, oh, I am dead for sure. And then 
because you just don't expect you to peel like running perfects or whatever. And then you do. And it's like, oh, shit, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the fun games, man. Scam, right? Where. Yeah. The high octane. Yeah, exactly. It was it was good. Yeah. Um, So Modern Showcase was the same day. Did you check that out? Uh, I looked at all the decks. I saw, like, someone tweeted about how there's, like, more Amulet and Scam in Top 8 and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know. Yeah, that's a silly, I don't know. Like, at least look at the top 32, right? Like. Oh, I look at all the decks. Yeah, I know you do. I'm more just saying, like, yo, when there's two tight Amulet decks or three Amulet decks or whatever and two Scam, like, sure, fine, right? Um. I think that's what it was. Three amulet in top eight and two scam and two rhinos. So not a very diverse top eight in general, but a huge tournament and six scam in the top 32 though, which is, you know, 20% or whatever. It's pretty. Yeah. That's a lot. I, you know, how many, how many X and twos made it? Um, you remember? Don't see that here. Could probably. I'm not, I'm on goldfish, so I don't see. Yeah, I can check. It'll just take me a second. Yeah. But a big tournament and definitely like noteworthy results and seeing two Rhinos decks do well and three Titan decks, like three Amulet decks. It's kind of crazy, man. Um, I saw right. a cre- creativity deck in 14th place, got my attention. Okay. Uh, so two eight and twos made it. Succulent and Potter. What were their decks? Scam and Amulet. Okay. So then if you just look at the people that went X1 or better in the Swiss, you have two Titans, two Rhinos, a Scam, and a Yawgmoth. Yeah. And then uh, another Scam in... So like Scam in 8th and ninth, Rhinos, then Coffers, which was Tommy, uh, Yogg, Tron... Creativity, scam. So you know, like in theory, like any of those decks could have been in in those two slots or whatever. Yeah, and that there, that wouldn't have really changed the perspective too much, right? No. Um, and then the first hardened scales or hammer deck you get is sixteenth, right? So I I do think that hammer is just underrepresented on Moto, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. I like it. I think it always has been. Yeah, it's certainly not underrepresented in Texas. I'll tell you that. I believe that. <laughs> um. Yeah, the the rhinos breakout is interesting because of uh, this this flash stifle card that I definitely didn't really pay much attention to because I'm just like, ugh, three mana for like a stifle thing. Uh, but turns out when you are cascading, you're looking for three mana cards, and this actually solves a lot of problems for the Rhinos deck. Yeah, the new Tidebinder. Yeah, Tashana's Tidebinder, uh, 2U, 3-2, Creature, Merfolk, Wizard, also a Wizard bonus for all you Flame of Anor enjoyers out there. Uh, Flash, the center of the battlefield, counter up to one target, activated or triggered ability. I'm trying to read the, like, weird one the weird art one it's a great art it's rainbow uh, 
Yeah, and it's making it really hard. So, okay, I'm clicking to gather to finish this. If an ability of an artifact creature or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent lose all loses all abilities for as long as uh, Tidebinder remains on the battlefield. Yeah, so it's a sticky stifle. Yeah, which in theory doesn't seem that hard. Like, oh, I just got to kill this 3-2 or whatever. But uh, in the meantime, it does pretty good work at like shutting off a thing uh might be a lot of work but can in theory shut off a, a chalice of the void permanently yeah it, i didn't even think of an answer to chalice that's an interesting one yeah i was uh, trying to think about like how that would actually go down where it's like either you need six mana or you need to have one coming in off suspend which also is like pretty slow but if the game is kind of nonsense then yeah, I It'll mean, get the job done. Neither of those things are likely, but like once Chalice is in play, you're kind of like you know playing a broken game to begin with, right? So at least yeah. you have something to work towards. Yeah, and I mean counters in EE like not not forever or whatever, you know. But like if your opponent is playing a little sloppy or doesn't know that this card exists or is in your deck or whatever, like I'm sure that could get a lot of people. Yeah, just like getting a fetch land seems fun, man. Yeah, also that I mean. Now, in theory, you have a wider range of opening hands that you could potentially keep that don't necessarily have a Cascader, especially if you're on the play and you just, like, Tidebinder their fetch land and start the beatdowns there. Like, that's fine. Yeah, you, like, Fire Ice them on two and then counter their land on turn three with this. I don't know. That seems, like, pretty brutal. Yeah, same thing with the EE thing, too, right? Because you're like, okay, upkeep, ice your land. They play fetch pass. You play land three and pass. And they, like, fetch end step. You you just get them right there. You know? Yeah. I hate the fact that this exists and is seeing play because it means that I need to think about when I fetch. Yeah, I did like that aspect of modern before. Yeah, and like, I'm fine when like, listen, when Stifle was like heavily played in Legacy, I kind of liked it because like it, that became like an interesting dynamic. But I hate it when this stuff is like, you know, 5% played, right? Yeah, because I, I was, I was going to say, if it's like, the main thing you think about in the matchup or a thing that you literally don't have to think about at all because there's nothing. Yeah, I like I like both those. of those scenarios. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be forced to put in effort and try hard when like the odds of it mattering are incredibly low. And then it's just a feel bad when you don't. But yeah, agreed. But Good uh, card. Yeah, it's definitely a nice pickup for them. I like uh, doing stuff with Flame of Anor. That's cool. Uh, it, like it's a blue card. It is definitely like a tempo we beat down card, which is what they want, you know. So it just seems all all good right at home here. Yeah, I still don't love rhinos, but I don't either. But uh, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um. So, where do we go from here? Where are your thoughts? So, do, are we? Sp- you're coming up this weekend. We're playing modern on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, because now I, I booked the correct flight this time. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, um, so, so I guess for Bostonian natives, we'll be at the RCQ on Saturday. I'm not playing. I can't play, but I'm going to be in attendance and hanging with you. What are you thinking? I hope that my Star City order gets here in time so I can play my bullshit time spiral commons. I like it. The, there, there's at least six sack lists with those in them. So do we have time to refine that? Is that like on our list of things to do? Uh, not really. We'll see. I don't know. I got, 
I got like a Wednesday. The pro okay, the problem that I've been having, man, is that I do I do kind of like this limited set. And so I've just been doing that a lot instead of doing things that I should be doing. Yeah. Have you been I, playing at all? I have. And I, I didn't I didn't mention this, but I've casted the Tidebinder quite a few times because I had it in two different draft decks. Okay. I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. So and I listen, I probably only have like 10 sealed slash draft things on arena total. So I'm still like learning the cards and throwing stuff at the wall, but I, I have been enjoying it. And I like it. I, I should have known better because it doesn't take much for any artifacts that to just suck me in. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's just a little slower than the last few sets, which I appreciate. Or at least that's my instinct so far. No, it is. It is. Um, You're absolutely right. You know, there's like, you know, a plethora of removal in all places, right? So, um, listen, man, I like being able to choose to draw, play in my 10 removal to divination deck. And um, that's just like what I enjoy. Well, let, let's talk about my sealed deck. Uh, seeing as how neither of us won on Saturday or even really got close at all, uh, we were locked in for sealed. And I was happy about it. Josh was kind of whatever because he had not played yet because okay. he's just busy with like real life stuff, work, family, etc. Wow. And rates. how many drafts do you have under your belt at this point? Uh, a lot. Okay. Uh, I was doing mostly sealed. I've probably done at this point like 10 sealed, 20 draft or so. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I... I I told Josh on on the way there, I think that at this point I've played with almost every card that's not rare. That's impressive. And I feel like there's a lot to explore because there's, I don't know, there's a lot of different archetypes. I, I found myself, maybe just coincidence, ended up in the same places quite a few times, but... Yeah, I, I purposely try and do different things. Like, I, today, I opened a Chupacabra and normally I would just happily slam that and just build around it right yeah just try and recur that thing as much as possible but there was a rare i had not played with so i selected the rare yeah and then black was wide open and i was very can't sad, advise but. that personally but what's that i can't I, advise it i can't advise that but like i get why you did it when seven two baby yeah fair. it's all good fair. it's all good it's fine uh so you have quite a bit of experience going into the sealed how did the sealed go uh my my pool was Good. It was strong, but it is not not what I like, not what I want to be doing. And I'm curious to get your take on this because I feel like I am the only one who has ever like said such a thing. But I've felt this way for like 10 years. I just I hate having sweepers in my deck in limited. I I get where you're coming from with that of like in your good draws, they usually don't even involve them. Um, but I don't know. I don't think you're going to get me there. I, 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 I sympathize with the perspective, but I had, I had three of them. Yeah. I, I just found your deck. So I just pulled it up. Okay. So, uh, the, the green black one is what I played and I chose to draw first every game, which is also a thing that I, I basically don't do in today's day and age, but I had, uh, I think four two drops that were reasonable. I had dead weight two of the tithing blade edicts. I had infest one BB minus two minus two, and then I had two BB uh 
minus X minus X where X is permanence in your graveyard. Dan Rath says catch up mechanisms. This is like a no brainer choose to draw if you ask me. And I thought so too. Uh, I, I don't think it hurt me. I think that it was, it was good. I, my deck as built could not really present a clock. There was not, not a whole lot of advantage to be gained by drawing first. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to curve out one, three into one, four. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Just like get, get those beatdowns started. Uh, I did I did see a few problems with my deck in general, which were just like, I was definitely short a mill card or two. Like I, I would have been happy with one, but I think my deck would have been humming with two. Like if I had the two drop death touch, one one that mills you for two, stuff like that. Yeah. What's this? Did you play the white splash? I splashed a Kellen and a Vito. What's Kellen? Uh, one dub, two, three. When it attacks, reveal the top card. If it's a creature with mana value three or less, put it in your hand. Otherwise, you can put it in your graveyard. Strong. So it's like surveil or or you just draw a card. Or or you like, you know, mill a card, trigger descend, whatever. Yeah. And then it has an adventure side of G, make uh make a map plus another map if your opponent has a treasure or an artifact. Strong. So uh, I was I was always going to be able to play the adventure, and then eventually I would cast the creature. Yeah, and the mappy stuff would would just be generally helpful for my deck. So, yeah, and I then mean, I had the I had the sunbird. I love the sunbird, and having a, a third color just powers up the sunbird so much. Yeah, I mean deck looks good. I feel like you're missing a little bit of top end. You're just like going to play a lot of long games, and you just like you know have basically one creature that costs more than four mana. That was by design. I had a uh, green six drop or whatever, seven, seven that scries too. Yeah, not a forest cycler or whatever, not something with some utility or anything. Yeah. No, no, I, I would have played one of those for sure. Yeah. Uh, but how'd the games play out? Uh, I won, I won two of the rounds against Tommy. Uh, I won the die roll and chose to draw. I think I'm trying to think of, I know that either way. No, this, cause this, this was like a joke. We're like, yeah, I chose to draw. I lost game one and then he chose to play. Yeah. And then I won and he chose to play again. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we're so lucky. We just like both won the die roll all three games, you know? Um, and he he was just like red white, red white, pretty normal beatdowns, you know, some artifacts, synergies, whatever. And his his draws were like fairly reasonable. And then in game one, uh, I didn't have a sweeper when at any point either of them would have been pretty good. Uh, but he also had the like mine cart, just like three mana, three, three vehicle attack, make a treasure. Huh. And that card just like boned my sweepers in the two matches I lost to, which just super kinda, awkward. Yeah. yeah. Made me even more tilted that I have had this silly sweeper deck when like I, I would have happily played anything else if I had any other options, you know? Yeah. Uh so game two, I think I just like did my thing and like stabilized it a low life, started flipping the tithing blades. 
and then uh, was draining him out. And then he drew the six mana artifact that, like, end of your turn, you discover five. Do you know this card? No. It's just six mana artifact, end of your turn, discover five, and also your spells can't be countered. This is it rare? It's a mythic. Yeah, it sounds mythic. It's quite good. Uh, yeah. Tommy, Tommy did not start it. I mean, I assume he had a pretty aggressive deck, if that's the case. He he did, but I, I think he was just like, oh, I just didn't read it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you don't have any cards in your deck that cost more than three or four mana, like, you can talk me into that. That may be being somewhat rational, but um, you'd have to love your deck and be super low before you get me anywhere close to that. Yeah, but uh, thankfully, as it's off that, we're not super spectacular, and then I drained him out. And then for game three... I don't know, like I had the infest and on like turn four or so I drew the other one, but I didn't have really any cards in my graveyard because my draw was kind of just like all removal or whatever. And he played like a one one and then a three toughness thing. And it's just it was a mess. Like all none of my cards worked. Yeah, frustrating. Uh, and then in round four, when I'm two and one, uh, I'll play against. Uh, this this dude who's pretty good, who was Mardu and had like a, a bunch of removal and decent amount of like the sack lands to discover. So like he wasn't really running out of gas or anything, had to whatever the deadly dispute thing is, like one B sack a creature artifact, draw two, make a yeah, map. Draw two, yep. And he had like the one B artifact, ETB and leaves play, or ETB and dies, lose one, draw one. So he had a little bit of an engine going, you know, and then he also had the minecart and he had the uh, corpse enchantment rare. It was like 2B, ETB, make a 2-2, two, two, uh, skeleton. Your skeletons have plus one, plus zero in haste, and then end your turn if you descended, pay one life to bounce the enchantment. A lot going on there. Yeah. It's, it's a good card. Hell of a yeah. good card. And uh, just a lot of stuff that makes my my sweepers really silly. So he was yeah. one of the people that I boarded in the white stuff against, uh, and it was it was better uh, for that matchup specifically. But I I still narrowly lost. But yeah, it yeah. sounds like you were just kind of on the wrong side of some pretty awkward spots with something that's like. No, I was, a- but like, here's the thing though: is like, is it? it kind of feels like a bad beat when it's like, oh, they played the minecart or a three toughness thing into my infest or whatever. But it's like, they could also, there's just a bunch of six mana, seven sevens, you know? Like yeah. That, that yeah. Also how makes normal a lot of my thing stuff is bad. that? Yeah. I we're, think we're still figuring out, at least I, at this point, don't know how normal that is or how, you know. I think for sealed, dinos is the most common thing that people will play. Yeah. So maybe the infest just isn't that great to begin with. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that with the way that my deck was set up, it's it doesn't even kill many of my creatures, right? So yeah. even if it's not good against their deck, if I'm killing like one thing with it, then cool. Uh, but it would have been like a three for one against Tommy in game one. You know, that would have been sweet. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a thing that you just shouldn't play. Like there's also a lot of like two twos that do things that are quite good and everything. So. Yeah, and at this point, like, even if you're playing it on one of the later turns, right, because it doesn't kill much in your deck anyway, right, it doesn't have to be on curve or close to it, right? Yeah, but if it is just sitting there rotting in my hand, it wasn't like I was 
sitting there casting divinations, like making up for it or anything. Like I didn't really have any card advantage outside of that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is again why I think choosing to draw is important, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm now remembering the the game that uh I think knocked me out of the tournament where I Mulligan played Sunbird and then just sacked the Discover lands until I died. Nice. I, I just had a lot of lands. Nice. Um, yeah, that was my my sealed experience. It was like, yeah, like I play all my cards or whatever. People see like these sweepers and they're just like, oh man, like your your deck is so good. And it's like, no, I've I have like rares. I have high rarity cards, but they are not good. I promise you. Yeah, or you at know? least they don't fit together with. You don't have a complete deck. Yeah, like I need I need more commons, man. Yeah, I'll trade this rare for two common two one one death touchers, please. Yeah. Well, in the last arena open, you did convince me to not take a wrath pick one pack one. Yeah. So long story short, that's kind of why. Yeah, which made sense. And, and again, in draft, I think it's a lot. Your 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 hypothesis has a lot more to it. Right? And also, that wrath is like way better because you can use it proactively. It's like the choose zero to thirteen or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, oh, if it just you know, I keep all my two power things and like kill all your big stuff. Like that's actually good in like Boros Agro, you know. Yeah, well, and it's it's a format that's a lot faster, though, right? So, yeah, which kind of makes it so having a sweeper is more important, right? Because if your opponent gets off to a fast start, this this will just get a bunch of value, whereas it's not necessarily deterministic that you get a bunch of value in Ixalan with a sweeper. Yeah, I think there's also like some argument to like if it's pick one, pack one, like that's not the style or type of deck I want to be drafting in the first place, right? Yeah. But I guess the fact that it has some utility, even in an aggressive deck, you can make an argument the other way. I, uh, so I had finished the, the draft where I took the rare over the Chupacabra and then I had done a draft but didn't start playing because it was like 750 and we we're supposed to start at eight. And I have, I have this red black deck that, is like kind of controlling, and then I got the the Terror Tide, the Black Sweeper, like pick three, pack three. It was like, fine, I'll put it in my deck, but I'm not happy about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, they're just really twisting your arm at this point. Yeah, it's just like, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but now I'm just like, I'm just going to play these games and just like whenever I draw it, it's going to be bad. I'm going to be pissed. But even outside of like, the results orientedness of this. Like I was saying this well before I even played any games. I was like, look, I know that my deck looks good or whatever, but I assure you it's not like, I assure you that I'm going to have these, these sorts of issues. Right. Yeah. Sure, sure enough. They all popped up. And even outside of this specific instance before it, like whenever I could have like a wrath of God in my limited deck, like I tried it because in theory, it's like, oh, wow, it's it's so sick to like three for one your opponent or whatever. And they like never expect it. But the games have just not played out that way for me. And when like your opponent is not super quick to like play to the board or whatever, I, I just feel like I'm so bad at figuring out what do I commit, if anything, how long do I wait uh, like how how do I play, but like not give away the fact that this is like the world's most obvious wrath of God, especially if you're like missing a land drop or whatever, you know? Yeah, I think playing with them is just hard. It is. I I, I think there's probably some amount of like confirmation bias here too, of like 
when you play against them, like you don't see it when your opponent doesn't cast it. You only see it when it's like really yeah. good, right? Yeah. Just like, yeah. That uh, the wrath in the previous format, I've lost to quite a few times, um, and but there, there's probably other times where it isn't actually good. I just don't even see it or realize it, right? Yep. So, no, it's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like I, I've also had moments where I'm just like, well, I, I can play around this, uh, almost for free. Like play around the sweeper of the format almost for free. So I will just do that, and then they end up having it, and like you feel good about that and everything. Um. So I just I find myself not even like really losing those cards that often either. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've played only a little bit of limited with you over the last handful of months and you certainly like attacking. So well, it is what is good in those formats in a lot of instances. Uh, like there, there have definitely been formats where attacking is not good for like example, original Innistrad. I was drafting the like deck yourself, not of the bone deck. Yeah. You know, I, I will just do the spikiest thing possible in limited. Yeah. And I'm with you there. I just like going deeper, but maybe that's playing towards what I enjoy, not necessarily what I think is good. I don't know the difference anymore. Yeah. I, I enjoy playing above rate cards and in a lot of the sets that has been the aggressive creatures and I like it when I can figure out a way to give the aggro deck like a little bit of an extra edge where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to play if there's like a lot of mirrors, for example, I really like uh, there was like leaping ambush in the last set. And then there's a white one in this set where it's just like a one mana plus one plus three something else, but untap your creature. And I find that having like one of those, if there's going to be a bunch of aggro mirrors or even as a sideboard card in aggro mirrors, that really helps me swing races in a lot of instances. Yeah. So just like figuring out a small thing like that, where it's like, oh man, like how do we beat aggro in this format? Well, the trick is aggro, but just like have one of that card or something, you know, or uh, play the the four mana lifelinker uh, with whatever the two permanents ETB this turn ability is in the last one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. So I when, know. when I when I find ways to just kind of like break open matchups a little bit, it incentivizes me to do that thing even more. Whereas if it was just like uh, I'm drafting aggro, playing aggro, and then if they play a four toughness creature, I'm just completely sunk or whatever. That's not very fun. But no. like if the if the problems are all solvable, then it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I there's I, and I'm not sure where we're gonna land on this format, right? but I think there's still a lot more to explore. I'm excited for it. I I love Pirates. I want to draft them more. It is definitely the the beatdown deck, you know? Yeah. I want to make the artifact deck work. I don't know how much you've explored that, but that's on my list. I seem to end up in some amount of green dinosaur thing every time. It's, it's so easy because all the cards are like medium plus, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think green and black are the two where it's just like green for sure where you're like, oh, this this creature is above rate or whatever. Or like this fight spell is pretty well costed. You know, it's like, well, these cards are good. And then the black stuff, if you've done like black grindy limited stuff before, just like a double raise dead and, 
you know, like the removal is good. Like all of those cards look pretty appealing if you like doing that sort of thing. And then all the other cards are like, well, I mean, blue, especially blue for almost every set just looks super weird. Right. But yeah. And blue, I feel like has been like either the best or the worst color in the, the last handful of limited sets. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but when when you say like artifact deck, is there anything specific that you I got mean, rinsed or? that that white four mana three three you can like tap two artifacts and put a counter on it. Yep. And I played against some guy who had two of those things that got so out of control, and I was so jealous. Yeah. And he just like went off. Yeah. I've done that a lot. Yeah. I like that card. The red guy's okay. Uh, but the pinger, the pinger, but but the white homie kills you. Yeah, dude, I got rinsed. And like I had a really big board and was pretty far ahead. And he came back and won a game that I could not believe. And like those things were like eight, nine power. Yeah. No, they're they're bigger than green stuff. Uh it is it is awesome. Yeah. Of course, you, you have to build around it, right? You know, you need a bunch of like cheap permanents. Uh I I've started valuing the uh tinkers something like two dub make two gnomes. And then it's just an artifact itself. Yeah. Just make make a bunch of permanents, pump up your things. And also you have like a little life gain to win races. That's kind of tight. And because I've really enjoyed the gem guards, the 3-3 three, three that grows, I have not really been messing with like the, the sacrifice guy that like puts counters on things, the 2-dub, 3-2. Hmm. It's like, I don't want to stack my permanents. They, they just like grow my other permanents or like deal my opponent damage or count towards my uh, dousing device or whatever. Do you know a dousing device? No. Uh, it's uh, one R artifact. Uncommon. Uh, when this ETBs or another artifact ETBs, give one of your creatures plus one plus own haste until end of turn. And then if there are four or more artifacts, you flip it. And it becomes a land that taps red, or you can pay 2R, tap it, to give a creature plus X plus O, where X is your number of artifacts and haste until end of turn. Come All right. As, only as a sorcery. Yeah. Interesting. But one of my favorite cards. There's a bunch of these weird flip cards, man, that I've been trapped by. I'm pretty sure I've played a bunch of them that are unplayable. They're all my favorite. Yeah. Wh- which which ones have you played with? So the black one, where you attack and your guy gets like lifelink death touch. My or whatever. second favorite. My second yeah. favorite one. I want. Yeah, that that's the card good. I wanted for my my seal. I literally yeah. I tweeted this. I was like, I want dousing device or grasping shadows. That's it. Yeah. And then, what's the green one? Like flips into a land that like taps and like looks at the top four or whatever, and you get a creature. This is the explore one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have. I haven't messed with that one yet. Yeah, uh, I don't draft green very often. Yeah, I had that in a deck, and it was a bad deck, but that card won me a game. Cool. Um, and then I messed with the gr- well, a couple of the rare ones. What are the rare ones? Um, there's the green Gaius Cradle that I had in a deck. But, That's a reprint. Yeah, not a very good card. And we were talking about Cradle last week, so... Yeah. You're just like, any way I can get it, I will get my hands. Well, the problem is, like, once I already have four creatures in play, like, I don't need a bunch of mana. Like, I, all my cards are already in play. Right, but, like, what if you start popping off with, like, the red dino that sacks your lands to draw cards or whatever? You could just sack all your lands, draw your deck, you know? Like, yeah. you, you want something like that as kind of a payoff. That's fair. I don't want to win more when I got four creatures in play already. Well... I want to pay off after, like, like, I like the black one, right? Like, 
yo, we're going to trade off the board or whatever. And then I'm going to get this like, you know, treasure map thing that draws me three cards. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So good. Uh, but it's, it's not that you need it, but it's just, I don't know, try and try and build that stuff into your decks just in case it comes up and you need it. Cause like the boards can't stall, especially if you're like in a green mirror or something. Yeah. Well, I think we have an arena open this weekend. Oh dear. Which is exciting. That's that good. Exciting. Cause that means so, we now have plant like Saturday. We can do that on the side. Sunday we can do, we can, we can draft. Hmm. So that means, uh, what does that mean? It means I got stuff to do while you're playing the RCQ on Saturday. Yeah, but like I want to play too. Yo, you, you, those last all day. You can play those until 2 a.m. Okay, good. Yeah, there's, well, there's stone zero chance you don't queue for day two because we'll just, we can run 12 of them. That's not true because I, I've definitely hit my limit of entries before. To where I'm like, no more. Yeah, well, that's a personal limit. It is a personal limit. That's um, how, how does that change how I'm going to spend my time this week? It doesn't. Modern, win the RCQ. We can win both. Your goal is to win both tournaments. Oh, my God. That's so, so much. So much. It's I'm, not. I'm updating Moto. I love it. Also, that means you. They have the all access thing right now, right? Huh? They have the all access thing, right? I am not sure. I don't ever use that because I just like don't. I don't use the all access. They might. I I do just because uh, I I have a loaner account from Card Hoarder. Shout out Card Hoarder. Uh and it's it's not hard, it's not bad, it's just additional steps, which I don't like. Yeah, you probably experiment quite a bit more than I do. Way more, yeah. Yeah, so I can go and rent, you know, 80 or 85 cards as I'm thinking about what I'm going to do, and then that can cover me for, you know, an extended period of time. Yeah, I, if I'm not changing like five cards after every league, I'm doing it wrong, you know? Or every two rounds, or that's the same as every league for you. Well... Uh, Hey, ouch! <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good for a four-one. All right, yeah, you've gotten a lot better, man. You finished a lot more leagues. Your league finish rate is really high. I feel like lately. Yeah, I mean, it, if I get if I get to three wins, I might drop. That's entirely possible because I I just want to change cards. Five rounds is too many to be locked in with the same thing. It just is. Yeah. All right, I have a fun one for my weekend. All right, hit me. Sunday morning. Wait, I think it was Sunday. It might have been Saturday. I played the Pioneer Challenge. And Blue-White Control had won an event. I have a couple of friends who were talking about decks and prepping for Atlanta. They had a couple of Blue-White lists they wanted to try. So I was like, all right, I'll play this with some Blue-White Control or whatever. Oh, yeah. Not, I, forgot, I forgot that we have to talk about this. Not advisable. Listen, I, I, I've i always hated this deck. I think it's like unplayable. I can never win with it. But I was like, all right, I'll give it another go. I haven't tried it in six months. This is Normie Blue-White, though. No Lotus Field? Normie Blue-White. Okay. And it had like won a challenge the day before. So it must have been Sunday. Um, Very first round, I get paired against Misplaced Ginger. Okay. We play long three-game set. Okay. I have Leo, three-year-old kid running around in circles. We're both low on clock. Okay. Super long story short, I get to the last turn. 
I'm attacking him with a lethal creature with a counterspell in my hand with two seconds on my clock. He has no blocks. He has like maybe two minutes on his clock. I have two seconds. Okay. He crews a bank buster and I time out. Uh, how do you feel about that? I had a lot of mixed feelings because I do believe the clock is a resource and everybody has their right to play it out. And like, you know, if your opponent, if you time your opponent out making like normal game actions, like that's all, that's very well within your right. I struggle because he sat there for a minute thinking and I'm attacking with a flying creature, right? So crewing bank buster doesn't do anything. It might so, not have been thinking. It might have been waiting for you to like look away or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like mixed feelings of do I have six or not because I have a counter spell. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It was an interesting spot. I don't necessarily like I, listen. I feel like I won because I got to just drop from the tournament right there. Yeah, fair. Right. Uh, but it was an interesting spot. I'm certainly not going to be registering blue white control in Pioneer. Certainly not in real life. No, no. I don't think in either. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, definitely not in real life because of clock issues. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And like, listen, I'm not opposed to the Lotus Field one, a little more, more closing speed or whatever. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting spot. And then um, what else did I do? I played the Vintage Challenge. Oh. Which I liked. Like, I was watching the coverage from Eternal Weekend. And it like, I was like, oh, man, this looks fun. So I played Blue Black Control and that. I think I went like three and three, but I started 2-0, had fun with that. There's there's a lot going on in Vintage. Whoa, okay, Blue Black Control? Well, it's Blue Black like Urza's Saga. So it's like, it's kind of the deck that, it's the most popular deck. This is not vintage. the same deck that Dom played? Did you see Dom's deck? Uh, no, I don't know what Dom's deck necessarily is or means. It could be. So he, he was Blue Black Saga, but he was also like Besiege for Necro. No, I didn't have Besiege. Okay. I was just like relatively normal, like time vault, Urza's saga, and counter spells stuff. Yeah. No tinker. Okay. I showed uh Dom's deck to Cho, and Cho was just like, This is literally every card on the restricted list. <laughs> well, it sounds which, like he's doing it right. Yeah, which which it basically was. Um but yeah. Yeah. Um, but so long story short, I had a blast playing vintage and all the rounds I lost, I felt like I made a bunch of mistakes. I don't know what they were, but I made a bunch of decisions and I was very unsure about all of them. Yeah. And it left me wanting more. And so I'm going to try to find ways to play vintage on challenges more. Okay. Hopefully vintage rules. I don't know if you know this, but I used to pay my rent with vintage. I didn't. Um, but that seems like something you could do now still, but. Yeah, a uh, store in Minnesota used to have like monthly tournament for a mox type of things, and I won a lot of them. And I would just s- sell the mox back to the store so we could have a tournament again next month. Nice. So they just got to keep their mox every time. Yeah. And you got your rent paid. Yep. Seems like a pretty good deal for you both. Yeah, I don't know. That was like 2005. Okay. And then uh, there was like the... I took like a couple of years off because I was just at a place that didn't have vintage. Also, there was uh, a kid, Jesse River, and his his dad who owned like multiple sets of power. And so I would just like borrow stuff from them. And in addition to not having like a vintage scene, I also did not have like the, the J-Riv hookup. So 
Huh. Interesting. But PT Kyoto in 2009, there was the Mystic Remora deck. Did you see this? Do you remember no. this? No, I don't know what this is. Oh my God. I got to find this and send it to you. Uh, Kyoto, where Nassif beat Luis in the finals. Okay. There, there were some dope side events. So I think I've heard about this. There was a vintage side event. Yeah. So yeah, Saturday there was there was no proxy vintage. And since Luis was playing in day two and I was not, uh, and he like he had brought his vintage deck with him to game or whatever, but he's like, I don't know, just take this. Like it's it's got a psychotog in it. You'll like it, you know? Yeah. Uh oh, I found it because I have it, I have it bookmarked. 404 Wizards. Yeah, god dang it. Wizards. <laughs> oh, wizards, I Dude, hate you. It costs like a dollar a year to keep that stuff hosted. Oh, I can't my believe. God. I would pay it, Wizards. Yeah. Bring back my old coverage. So as somebody who's knows a little bit about the inner workings of wizards, or quite a bit, do you think there's a chance they even have it available still? Well, it, it's not about knowing how things work at Wizards. It's about knowing like how websites work. Oh, sure. I know it's archived and you can get it from some of the archive sites. I more just mean like, is there ever a world where they repost it normally? I would say it would be a lot of work and therefore not a chance. No chance yeah, in hell. That's so unfortunate. Anyway. I, would, I feel like we could like go fund me to crap out of that and a lot of people would contribute, but maybe I'm naive. Yeah, but then what are you going to do with the money? You're going to be like wizards. Hey, wizards to freaking take this. And they're just like, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Whatever. <clears throat> All right. Anyway. Keep going. So uh, um, I'm playing in this vintage tournament. Uh, David Ochoa is also playing. Luis and, and Webb used to have these vintage tournaments uh, at like, you know, CFB, superstars, whatever, all the time. You know, so they, they played vintage a lot. They loved it. And there were certain people in the vintage tournament who were like, you know, didn't date you the PT just like us. And we're trying to like riffle shuffle their opponent's decks. And, uh, you know, given that like webs cards were like all beta and I had like Luis's all beta cards. It was just like, yo, you got to not do that. You know? Uh, but yeah. anyway, I, I have four mystic remoras in this deck, uh, three commandeers main deck, and it was maybe some of the most fun I've had in Magic and or in my life. Yeah, I'm and jealous. I, I 7 owed this tournament very easily, got an Ancestral. Sunday, there was a Legacy tournament. I had Webb take the Ancestral and go around to all the, the vendors and like basically break down the Ancestral into a bunch of blue dual lands so that I could play Legacy the next day. I love it. It was and can we talk about if you never sold any of these vintage cards? We don't even want to go there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never never owned... Well, okay, that's not true. When in like 2001, I think I had six pieces of power when they were like $100 each. And I, I did literally sell those to a vendor. Like I remember them writing me a check for like $1,200. And like mm. that is how... Uh, I got to like the next few tournaments or whatever, you know, uh, I, I just, I like magic. I like magic cards. And for some ungodly reason, I like trading. 
I don't know. I like used to like go up to strangers and like talk to them. Yeah. Same. I used to too. Dude, I used to trade a lot. I used to love it. Yeah. Back before there were cell phones and everybody was just like taking out their phone and looking yeah. up everything and like nickel and dime and everything. It's just yep. like, yeah. But. So I, I did have power at one point and then, yeah, basically sold it as soon as I got it any other time. And then like all the other stuff I owned was like the cheap stuff, you know, like I would own a soul ring or whatever, but I wasn't owning workshops even when they're only like a hundred or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, I never owned power, but I did own a bunch of dual ends back when they were $30, $40 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had all the duels when it was like old extended and like, you know, the blue duels were 20 or 25 and then the regulars were like 15. Yeah, I started playing extended like immediately after duels rotated out. So oh, like man. everybody had them and was trying to get rid of them. <laughs> oh, that's silly. I mean, right. it is it is funny because like at that point, there was just not a place to play them. Yeah. Um, so other development Sunday, the legacy showcase challenge is also a thing. Uh, meaning, meaning what we could do that. Oh, okay. 11 a.m. Legacy showcase challenge is this Sunday. I imagine the answer is yes, but do you have like a spare laptop? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I will not bring mine then. Yeah, do not bring your laptop. Um, I have a plethora of computers. That is like something I have too many of. Um, and I don't have enough QPs to register for this thing. So that might be something I need to look into. Mm. Um, but could be fun. All right, here's my plan. I am going to uh, buy the all-access pass. It is indeed there. It is $25. I am going to play my call to the Netherworld deck in at least one league uh, for at least two rounds in one league, and we'll see how that goes. I want a screenshot. And uh, barring that, I think I still need two QPs. Yeah, I do. I do have 38. Uh, and I imagine the legacy thing is 40? I think 40, yeah. Which means you need to go like 1-3 and something. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'll do that at some point and it will be made all the easier by the all access pass. Uh, I can just choose to play any format at any given time and it won't matter. I won't care. Uh, and then I have some ideas for legacy. I have eternal weekend coming up. Uh, so that is kind of what I wanted the all access for mainly was that. So I didn't have to keep, you know, checking yeah. out different awful legacy decks to get it all out of my system before I inevitably played a good deck, but. Yeah, and I spent the whole weekend watching quite a bit of Eternal Weekend coverage, which was awesome. Yeah, I got to catch up on those VODs, I think. I'm I'm, I'm just interested. I, I like watching the games. They're good. Dude, the games were good. The quality was pretty good. Juza commentated, which made things quite a bit better. Awesome. Right? So you didn't have to mute things. Um, And the games were just... There was a lot of really good games. Um, So I enjoyed it. Um. And Delver seemed to do quite a bit better than I expected, which makes me lick my fingers and want to play Legacy. Cause, you know. <laughs> it was the list that I sent to Brian because he was both looking for a Legacy deck for EW and also is a Delver fan. So I was like, hey, this seems up your alley, you know? Yeah. Um, eight and two from the uh, Eternal Weekend main event, Mono Black Aggro. 
I mean, is this is this the like scam deck effectively? I mean, not really. I mean, it has four grief, but like that's it. It's got four grief, four reanimate, but you know, Dothy Voidwalker, Orcish Bowmaster, Opposition Agent, Grief, okay. Shieldred, yeah, yeah, yeah. Troll. I don't, I don't like that one. I like the one that made top eight. The one that made oh the the actual red black scam. Yeah, it's it's like reanimator, but very light, but also does have like grief Dothy, uh, Bowmaster, uh, just more of a beat down plan A, like high power spike type of thing. Oh, uh, look good. Yeah, Dark Ritual is a strong card, man. Yeah, dude, I got some nice ones that I've never played with too. Yeah. All right, so maybe I'll spend a little bit of time looking at Legacy in between uh, drafts. Okay, cool. I mean, and if, if, tolerating family members on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. Lots to talk about. Lots to work on this weekend. Yeah. If you ever want to hop on Discord, do a little drafto together, open a sealed deck, you know where to find me. Yo, I'm going to see you in 48 hours. Nah. All right. Maybe like 48 plus a sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, like that's that's the prep. On Friday, we could do some prep, sure. But, uh, you know, once it's once it's Friday or once it's Saturday, I mean, our, our prep time is gone. So. Yeah, got it. You need to prep for the tournament Saturday. I don't. Yeah, need is a strong word, but I will I will do stuff. I will get maybe some bad stuff out of my system or I'll find out it's broken, one of the two. And then if that fails, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of modern cards, so the sky's the limit. Ugh. Well, and I shouldn't say that because I have any all I have all the normal cards. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, say that, and you're going to send me some stuff and go you, deep. You you also probably don't have time spiral commons. No, right I now. don't have anything that people don't normally play. I get rid of everything that is not used. So, I'm looking at this artifact now. Chimmel the Inner Sun is the name of of the six mana artifact where you discover every turn. Yeah, don't even ask. That's that's a funny name. Yeah. Um. Think about think about what I should play in modern as as a good deck, like for a good choice. All right. Please bring, do that so I have a good backup plan. Bring your creativities. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, game. We're done. Good luck.